Hey everybody, happy Halloween from uh, Easy Tarot Lessons. I am Dusty White, the host of the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. I have Becky with me, and your kids have already come back from trick-or-treating at this point, right? They have. I've got teenagers now, so um, slightly less trick-or-treating, possibly more uh, sweets of menace, but no, they're in for the night. I've just got a delinquent black kitten now who's fulfilling her role as a proper Halloween cat tonight. <laughs> Let's go into something we want to talk about today. I think we're on page six, right? Yes. Where we get this new little series. We're going through the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. Um, I know what you me... were, I know what mm. you were going to cover today. You were going to touch on reversals and then directions, seasons, times. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I like that a lot. Okay. So. If you don't have a copy of The Easiest Way to Learn the Tarot Ever, pick one up. Book Depository, if you live outside of the United States and you want to get it uh, shipped free of charge. Otherwise, uh, Amazon.com, Amazon.co.uk, Amazon Canada. Uh, you know, Amazon's pretty much the place to get it, but the Book Depository does ship it if you're like in Australia or South Africa or anything like that, South America. Or Barnes & Noble, or you can... Uh, you know, demand that your local bookseller carries it, and I would appreciate that, but uh, I don't think that's going to be happening in, anytime soon, because um, as they, uh, what is it, as John Cleese said in um, the bookshop, book I'm afraid he's not very popular. <laughs> you know. So, me and Edmund Wells, who wrote Great Expectations, G-R-A-T-E. So, let's talk about reversals. Oh, I want to say I don't know why people go insane over this and have such problems reading reversals, but my very first student ever, still to this day, does not read reversals, and I think she's limiting her vocabulary. But, you know, we got 78 cards. It's like a 78-word vocabulary if you're into the whole keyword thing, and if you... Uh, have listened to any of my podcasts, you know that's a cardinal sin. Throw away the little white book, uh, unless it's a collector's item, you know, you got like a very old deck. And just say no. Just say no to keywords. Just say no to key phrases. Just say no to Kabbalah unless you absolutely actually study it. If you study the Kabbalah, buy a Dios. I like you. But if you're just going to salad bar it and say, oh, I got to know the Kabbalah because I study the tarot, but I'm not really going to go monotheistic. I'm not really, I'm pagan, but I study the Kabbalah. Ooh, it's because I'm, I'm duotheistic or polytheistic, but I'm going to salad bar somebody's religion and just rape it to take what I want. In that case, you can't be my friend. So be sincere in what you study. And when it comes to the tarot, don't invent meanings and don't force reality to fit into 78 keywords. Or, if you read reversals, 156 keywords and phrases. It just doesn't work. This is why we're walking you through the book absolutely free. I mean, you know, sure, I'd like you to buy the book, but we're going to walk you through the book. And if you have the book, this will help you understand why and what and how. So I want everyone to be able to learn this stuff the right way and I also want people who really want to be good at this to have access to the best teaching in the world and that's why we have a course coming up and 
we will record that course. So if you hear this 100 years from now and you can still manage to uh, unscramble the technology, I've got to get one of them old computer thingies. You know, back before we had hollow. I don't know what to say. Holographic telepathy. <laughs> I, I like. To, I'm sorry, but uh, your kids are going to look at us and go, "Oh God, Mom was so primitive." Mm-hmm. She actually used a keyboard. <laughs> Mine already think that. Mm. We're not even at that point. <laughs> oh no. Okay, reversals. I understand. It's a psychological thing. It's like it's the same psychological debility that says, "Don't give." bad news wow I have a real problem with that because life isn't all sunshine and roses and if you're afraid to tell somebody bad news you really need to get out of this and leave it to the pros you know find a different profession end of story it's like being a doctor and saying well I god I couldn't possibly tell people that uh, they were sick that would make them unhappy it's like going to a mechanic who's afraid to tell you that, oh, your brakes are shot, or you need a new franistat, or um, you know, your linkage is about to expire. It's on its shuffling off its mortal coil. Life is full of good news, and life is full of bad news. And if you are afraid to tell someone bad news, then you have no business. You have no business reading the tarot for people. The point of seeing bad news is to tell people don't do that if you do this you will not like the outcome therefore don't do that three words that allow you to read reversals now as far as uh, the other objection to reading reversals people go i don't get it i don't understand well it's really simple i think the easiest way to look at it is to look at the ace of swords it's a very simple card it's a ghostly white hand you know big giant one so it's probably like god because you know no tan lines or anything holding up a sword so it's a hand coming out of a cloud with a sword and at the top uh, we have like a crown with a olive and or is it a laurel you tell me becky what do we have i think it's a, I, isn't it a laurel at the top because that's a symbol of oh this is going back in my history doesn't it go back to kind of greco-roman times when the laurel was the sign of victory and the sign of um leadership absolutely so we have a laurel and it looks like an olive branch because they are red not that i've ever raised olives i've certainly never lived on an olive farm and then we have the little flamelets which uh paul foster case said we need more cobbler we need more cowbells he, he did not like arthur edward waits interpretation he said you don't have enough cobbler therefore he turned all the flamelets into yods and which, you know, again, if you study that and you can verify that's accurate, then great. But if you don't study it, don't just assume that, you know, it's, it makes it more magical. Because this is what we don't like in the tarot. We don't like superstitions, especially when they're not based on actual research, but are just barbarisms. And, um, you know, stealing from other people's religions without really giving them respect of studying it. So, back off of my rant and my high horse, we have an olive branch and a laurel and flamelets. But it's real simple. The pointy end goes in the other guy, if you remember your Zorro. When the Ace of Swords is upright, meaning it is facing away from you, or if you want to say facing away from your client, that is 
the equivalent of God pointing the pointy end of the sword at the other guy. Therefore, you win. Because we, we all know throughout history that he who has the sword makes the rules, kind of like a might-makes-right thing. So, obviously, if we turn that sword upside down and we have the ace of swords pointing at you, kind of like now the other guy has got I've got God on my side and he's he's pointing my sword at you now strangely enough this actually works as far as interpretation with the ace of swords generally meaning victory power strength virility we want the ace of swords upright when it's facing upside down large number of tarot professionals not all of them because you know whenever you say all of them that's the dangerous thing but a large number of uh Tarot professionals call this the secret death card because this is, oh, this is absolute defeat. You know, it's like a stabbing motion. You know, very horror movie. So we don't like to see the Ace of Swords pointing at us or pointing down when it's, you know, reading for us or for our clients because that is indicative of very unhappy outcome. It is like, no, you wanted this to happen. You wanted to win, but son, that ain't going to happen. Now, this is a blanket statement. We're talking traditional meanings. We will talk about, we have talked about, and when I say we will, as we go through this again, because we're going through the book, we will talk about variations on a theme and variations on a central meaning rather than just keywords like victory and defeat. So there could be a number of, other options there could be a number of other meanings that this card has but if we want to start ourselves out with uh, we learn the basics that would be the core meanings which can be summarized into keywords the problem is that people hear a keyword and they latch onto it and their subconscious says this card must mean this and then when your intuition is trying to tell you that in this particular situation the card does mean something else now you've got your subconscious going no no it means this no this means wah Uh, and we can't have that you're just fighting yourself and this is why i say just say no to keywords because you're training your subconscious early not to fight you you can do it however you want but i promise you you give yourself a couple of years and you'll come back to me and say damn it you were right i hate you and you're right Thoughts on this, Becky? You've had experience on this. Well, I mean, the thing is, I end up repeating myself because, um, you know, I think I've discussed it in um, other podcasts. And when we were discussing the one about mistakes that I've made in the past, you can't. It's like I said, I now if I if I get a deck, the little white book goes in a drawer because um, it I think when you start doing keywords and fixed meanings you're a squashing your intuition and also you've got this constant battle going on between rigid logic and intuition and as you've always said there is a place for logic in readings but it's got to be in balance and you don't want to squash your intuition to the point that you're struggling and also it turns the reading process into an intellectual process rather than an intuitive process And, you know, when it's intellectual, you're constantly thinking, well, I did. It's constantly right. This card means this. So that means that. So this has to mean that rather than just feeling you've got to feel. And this has to mean that. And another thing, 
any computer can kick our ass at chess or tarot reading if it comes down to making a pure intellectual process. Yeah. If tarot cards actually worked in a psychological, practical, uh, intellectual process, and if that was all there was to it, if there was no God, if there were no gods, however you want to put it, there was no spirit guides or help. If all the cards were just random uh, subconscious reactions, then any computer could read better than any of us. I don't. I don't care if I've been reading for a hundred years, uh, which would be kind of a miracle at that. Be really old at that point. A computer could still kick my ass. So all of you listening, if you read like a computer, you're reading like crap, and a computer will come and kick your ass just like Terminator. All of this comes down to reversals. A reversed card simply reverses the meaning. So, as traffic light, is there anything inherently good or evil about a traffic light, Becky? No. But we love it when it's green, and we, we hate it when it's red. Yeah, going back to Monty Python, one of the worst sketches I've ever heard. I like traffic lights, but only when they're green. Did you ever hear that one? I Oh, my God, it gets stuck in your head, and you'll never get it out. And somebody out there is going, oh, God, no, I remember it. I just think I, it's the point that I'd interject that as well as doing courses with you and having a, a very strong tarot education, people, if they haven't discovered Monty Python, will come out with quite a strong Monty Python uh, education as an underlying bonus to the course, because I know it's fashionable. Monty Python and the tarot just really go together and, and they make it so much fun. Albatross. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much. It's, uh, it's the geek in me. So I don't want to make a big deal about reversals because the more of a psychological hurdle we create, the, the harder it is to overcome. But reading reversals simply reverses the meaning. Now, this can mean... And again, remember that your intuitive sense, when your intuition is correct, will trump everything. There's something called a pecking order. We will get to that probably in advanced tarot secrets. But a uh, quick look ahead. Uh, the question you ask is much more important than the traditional card meaning because the question you ask shapes the card meaning as it applies to the situation that your client is inquiring about. So we can't just have a rigid forced structure of key words. We'll get on to all of this in exercise 1A. So stay tuned. Okay, so since I have to go on and on about reversals, let's do some examples so we can get an idea. All what we're going to do right now, by the way, I'm not going against what I said about keywords. We're just using plain, boring, traditional meanings or traditionally accepted areas or themes for a card to kind of jumpstart your reversal education. If you want a much more in-depth education than this, take the course. It's cheap. Um, buy the book. It's, it's got written stuff all in it. And I think I have uh, 75, 78, 75, 78 pages dedicated specifically to reversals. Uh, that would be the traditional reverse meanings at the bottom of every card. And uh, another 78 pages where I have you write in some information. And then I have some instructional uh, material also in the book, not, not in those particular pages. So we're just going to gloss over this today. So if you say this isn't enough, well, you know where to go. Uh, Becky, pull a card and 
just flip it over so it's reversed. Give me your impression and try to color within the lines. Don't go so far advanced that some of the new kids are like, how did she possibly get that? Okay, um, I've got the Empress. Um, so reversed, if we're going for kind of at its very basic um, reversal of the meaning, um, rather than kind of a time of lush abundance, um, it's more, it's a feeling of barrenness. So things aren't quite there, things aren't developing. Um, it's a more, it's, it's a less productive time than it could be. Let me jump on that because you mentioned some good parts there. You said barren, and so I'm thinking, yes, it could be barren as in infertility or an infertile time uh, as in circumstance. But it also could be like uh, top ramen because one, if you look closely at the Empress card, especially if you're using my recommended decks, which uh, include the weight decks, she is the only one who is sitting on one, two, three comfy pillows and a throw rug blanket thing. Ah, uh, it's got a little stone heart. No, nice. But she's the only person in the entire tarot who has a cushion. Everybody else is sitting on stone or wood. Uh, or, or standing, or posing, walking. So this kind of, as Becky uh, said, kind of indicates luxury. So if we... Uh, Turn it upside down, it's being out of sorts, out of power, not very luxurious. We used to live in a shoe box. <laughs> See, I'm doing it again. Oh, 150 of us. Okay, let me pick a card at random here. Uh, the Ten of Wands. And again, if you don't have your cards with you, um, you'll have to use Theater of the Mind. Or, if you have done Exercise 11, because you're you know, an accelerated student, you can just look up on the wall and go, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, flip it upside down. Here the man drops the sticks. Here they, they fuck it. <laughs> Literally, you know, because he's carrying so much. It's like he's carrying everybody's sticks. He's, he's bent over. He's leaning forward. He's, you know, he's leaning into it. But when you flip it, when you turn it upside down, He's like, screw this. Well, he's the guy that works in the office nine to five for 30 years and one day has an absolute utter meltdown. I think, wasn't there a Michael Douglas film where he does... Falling yeah. down. And oh, God, he just... That, that that's crazy. kind of reversed. That's kind of Michael Douglas after doing his 30 years, nine to five, quiet guy in the office, shirt, tie, always does the work, always stays late, always gets it done. So at that point... You know, he's the ten of wands upright and he's getting on with his work and he's shouldering all the responsibility and that load gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Reverse that card. When he drops the sticks, it kind of ends up getting quite spectacular at the end of it all. Um, so you've got the kind of the responsibility and then, as you say, just the dropping the responsibility in the most spectacular way possible. I want to talk about that movie real quick because I saw that when it first came out. And uh, it was shot in Los Angeles. And I know, oh, God, I, I know that, that soul-crushing traffic. Now, it isn't that bad all the time, but especially on that particular off-ramp, I think that's a transition to the five. Um, there's a lot of big freeways that when you have to go from one freeway to another, you just got one lane. And if anything happens to that lane, you're, mm. you're toast. There's just 
Uh, I don't get five lanes. No, you got you got one. You got one. And then of course everybody else is back to you're you're there for hours, sometimes days. And you don't, don't talk about horrible movies, The Great American Traffic Jam. But the point was that I knew every square inch of the area he went, so it was eerie. And when the movie first started out, he was the protagonist, so I guess you're supposed to kind of root for the guy. And there's a lot of everyday man in that movie. And it got harder and harder to root for him because he went farther and farther off the reservation. He just got kind of really, really <laughs> fucking crazy. That was a very disturbing movie. And it got horrible reviews. And I think it was because people wanted a happy ending and there wasn't a happy ending. And I don't know about you guys over there uh, in, in England, but man, we are spoon-fed happy endings. Except for reality TV. If there's not a happy ending... It doesn't belong in America. And that's too bad because I, I think we need a healthy balance of unhappy endings. Not that there's anything pleasant about it, but the problem is that when you have stories that are just all the same, uh, it really is mind-numbing, and it makes us all rather... Um, it liquefies our, our gray matter. We just turn to, turn to sludge. So, yeah, I remember that movie, and it was very... Uh, that's a good call. That's a very... Ten of uh, Wands reversed. Anybody who hasn't seen it is going, what the hell are they talking about? But if you have seen it, I think heads are bobbing like a bobblehead, head going, oh my god, yeah, it was such a crazy movie. And Michael Douglas is like, what the hell? The little short sleeve and the tie and the, the nerdy glasses. Oh, man. So, give me another reversed card and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the philosophy behind it. Okay. Oh, oh my favorite card ever, The Fool. Oh, yay. Let me pull them up. Yes. Okay. So, tell you what. I'm going to challenge you here. Mm -hmm. Give me a tiny little synopsis. Like one sentence, preferably a short one. If he's upright, and then immediately after, a tiny short one if he's reversed. Keep in mind, everybody, these are just blanket statements. So you can't come back at us and say, Ah, but you said no keywords, but you did this. Like, no, no. We're just trying to make it easy. So lay it on me. Okay, uh, upright, ultimate optimism, and having absolute faith that um, take, he'll take the leap. He, he's not going to think about whether there's branches and sticks and everything else uh, on the way down. So absolute faith, upright, reversed is, well, maybe there are sticks, and what if there's a bush down there, and what if I take the leap, and what if I don't, and thinking it through too much. So it's almost kind of, Going with your with your gut feeling, and then analyzing everything backwards, forwards, and sideways. I like that because it doesn't necessarily have to show the act of taking a leap or the act of being naive. Um, it could show just a uh, a philosophy, as you said, or an outlook. You know, I'm happy-go-lucky, or or I'm afraid. I'm afraid of all of this. I'm afraid of becoming something. Yeah, I mean, it's the difference. It's something like, if say you were going to put it in the scenario of um, a question, possibly to make it a little bit easier. It's kind of a new job opportunity. It presents itself as so the full upright. You're going to kind of go with your gut instinct, not worry, just have faith that everything's going to fall into place. And then reversed, you'd kind of ignore your gut instinct and you'd almost talk yourself out of doing it because you'd be examining every possible single angle to the point that you wouldn't really know which was the right way to go. So it's kind of going with your gut and then 
the way that you're talking about it, it shows that the symptom is analyzing everything, but that the core or the cause comes from a deep-seated fear of taking that leap or an insecurity or um, mm. what is it, agoraphobia, you know, the, the fear of a large, wide-open spaces. Yeah. That's one good interpretation, and uh, we could go, again, on various different interpretations, but I like what Becky said so much, I'm going to stay with that. And I'm going to say, to understand what cards mean, you have to remember that they need to be able to be applicable to any situation that you find yourself in. That doesn't mean that the card has to represent what you're going through now. That means the cards in general have to be descriptive of Again, insert needed part here, whether that's an emotional circumstance, uh, an emotional state, an intellectual state, an intellectual discussion, a physical action, a, circ a physical circumstance, an event to come, an event that has happened, so on and so on and so on and so on. So cards represent, these are archetypical, these are um, allegorical, and as we understand the depth and nuances of each card at face value and beyond face value. Then, when we put two of them together, instead of two plus two equals four, and that's all it's ever gonna be, well, maybe one card is one and the other card is three and we still get four. One is 2.5 and the other one is 2.1, we get 4.6. Uh, maybe one card subtracts from the value that another one is putting together. Maybe they blend perfectly. Maybe they fight. This is all advanced stuff that we will be learning, but it all starts with not limiting yourself to saying this card means this upright, this card means this reversed. The cards generally mean something upright, and when you reverse them, it is a reversal. It is less of, or it is a different meaning, or it is a diametric opposite. This all depends on circumstance, the question, the uh, state you're in, but the general guideline, because we do have logic, we do have structure and order. It's not we throw this all out and just go, oh, whatever comes to our mind. But the intuitive part is the part where we process the information we're seeing and allow our intuition to channel that information from the divine. And once we have that, then our logic processes naturally take over. Even as clear of a channel as we'd like to be, there will be some small thread of logic that uh, we stain things with. That's how we bring things down from the sacred to the profane, or if you want, the ethereal to the mundane. That's probably a better way to put it, but I think more people are familiar with the sacred and profane. So the recipe or formula, if you have to have a formula or a mathematical system to understand reversals, is look to see generally what the card means and then reverse it. For example, I've got the five of coins here. Now, without saying what this card means, Becky, what can we say about this card? It doesn't look like a good time, right? No, it's not. It's not a happy card. <laughs> Times are tough. It doesn't look like it happens indoors. No, and it looks like it's happening when it's pretty cold. Right, so none of these have specifically said, oh, this is what this card means. But now we get an understanding of what this card is, what this card implicates. It seems to indicate a leper and then the uh, destitute woman, and they seem to be out in the snow, 
at night because there's no shadows and we see the brightly lit in uh, from the interior stained glass of a church that uh, a Kabbalistic one if you want to look at the uh, coins go, oh, that seems like a tree of life or, or it's a navel anchor but nonetheless that looks like a one thick foot wall of stone so without going into what the card means we're just kind of looking at this image going wow it kind of sucks to be them is that a fair assessment oh definitely i mean there's there's the sense that they've been you know cast out and they're on their own and you know missing shoes in the snow is never a fun situation for anyone no you won't be you won't be around for long leopard or not you won't be around for long uh you go running around missing shoes in the snow for for very long without getting into any keywords or artificial systems all we have to do is look at the card and say wow it sucks to be them so if we reverse that what what might we have we have uh maybe a coming in from the cold yeah uh what else just based on the card image what could you just off the top of your head you're looking at this card it comes out upside down and it's not a tarot card it's just an image we're not because when we look at it a tarot card we go oh it has certain meanings so just look at it as an image and tell me what you think okay well reversed i'd almost see it as finding salvation because if they're outside a church and you know they've they've come do you know what it is they've they've seen the light they've turned up on the doorstep and it's that moment of salvation because they're saved now whether that's in a practical or religious or spiritual sense you know but it's literally it's being saved it's finding shelter yeah somebody threw me a lifeline yeah light at the light at the end of the tunnel i like that so folks if you're listening if you've gotten this far please understand that any card that's reversed it just is a reversal of fortune it doesn't have to be hard we've had half a dozen podcasts already on reversals because and then we still get people going and i don't know that they've actually heard the earlier ones but this is something we started early on with reversals and then people are like i still don't get reversals just breathe and relax and if you don't understand reversals it's because you don't understand the card you're looking at which means you're trying to fight the uh you're trying to use keywords you're trying to fight your your instincts your instincts say look at an image and tell me what you see that's that's how that's how our vision works we look at something and uh, our brain tries to discern what it is we're looking at and then it informs our conscious awareness what it is that we're witnessing and then that we form an instinctive uh, or uh, natural almost visceral sometimes emotional reaction so we see something and then we say oh well, i like this i don't like this but that's important to understand because the tarot is not that difficult the tarot is not separate and distinct from life okay let's try this again with the oh oh my favorite card ever and and anybody who takes my course i know what cards you've got uh, you're not allowed to say charity. I think that's a, <laughs> you can't say lottery ticket. Okay. If this, can I say pizza? You can say pizza. <laughs> so here we got this dude. It seems to be a dude. And uh, he is standing, or or I could say he's lording over others, because he who has the gold makes the rolls, or those could be lima beans. They look like lima beans. But he's there just like dripping 
apparently coins or some something of benefit into the hands of uh, somebody who looks to be down on their luck. Meanwhile, there's a joker next to him that's got a lottery ticket in his pocket saying, hey, how about some for me? This seems to indicate only the worthy shall receive. Or maybe the guy with the lottery ticket, maybe it's his turn next. Or maybe it's like, I love one of my sons, but I do not. But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. it's just... So when you're looking at the cards, don't be afraid to allow yourself to see something in that card that reminds you of an event, a circumstance, a person... But don't limit yourself to that one example. Right, Becky? Oh, completely. And, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, that's the, if you start, when you're in the process of learning the cards, if you're just fixing them with one example, you might as well sit there and just learn key words. Because they, and, you know, this is why I know from um, when I was doing the course with you, and you've got 20 or 30 people coming up with different suggestions and it was absolutely brilliant because everybody I has different ideas. They see different things. They get different feelings from things. I mean, I look at this card and it's almost kind of, you know, I'll give you the scraps on my table, but that's all you're worth. And, you know, know, know your place. It's almost that kind of... Know your place. <laughs> How very British. Well, it is. It's very much... Kind of, <laughs> it, well, it is, it's very much in, English Lord of the Manor. And it's kind of, you know, his serfs have come up to him and it's kind of, well, you can have the crumbs of what's left kind of thing um yes that's the one right we could say it's very french well i was gonna say we'll jump over to the french revolution but yeah and i think everybody sees something different and that that's why i like the kind of the the group learning process because you don't get fixed and like i say if you kind of if you're just going to fix a specific example to one card you might as well just learn keywords because you're going to just put yourself in a little tiny box and there's a million examples and a million situations they can fit. Yeah. And again, just um, I can say this because uh, we're giving away all these free lessons. We have a group course coming up and we are going to do that. We're going to have, Becky's going to be there, and we're going to have a lot of fun just, uh, matter of fact, Becky, I think I'll do it around your schedule so you can make it as, to as many uh, lessons as possible. But... Um, I want to do that. I want to have everybody shout out their opinions of the cards and the blendings and whatnot because it really allows us to get a full and complete understanding because what do they say? Uh, well, they there's an old saying that uh, none of us is smart as all of us. That's, that's the way I like the way I say mm. it. And I really like it when my students are all giving their input because invariably time and time again I hear the same story wow I hadn't thought of that that made me think Mm -hmm. of something new and we help people from the very beginning from the very first days not get trapped into these systems of belief that are simple and easy but are detrimental it's mental poisoning if you don't know mental poisoning and look look it up it's a great book by Rosicrucian Um, I want to say Joseph Campbell but it's not uh, email me, I'll tell you who it is. So if we reverse this guy, none for you, or, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll say one more and then I'll let you go. I'll let you, I'll let you go wild. 
How about a spendthrift? Because instead of being judicious with my money, see, here's my scales, I'm being judicious. I'm just willy-nilly, because this is the only card in the entire tarot where somebody is spending money. And if you didn't know that already, it's because you didn't learn it from me. You need to come to me. I'll teach you all this stuff. Becky, um, how about it? Let's, let's come up with some fun ways to trash this card if it's upside down. Okay, um, you've got the guy who's not been careful with his money, so he's the one in the bar, the drinks are on Yay. me, and all of a sudden he's got 50 new best friends, and the carefully weighed out money that he went into the bar with has gone very, very quickly, um, because as I say, he's now got 50 new friends, because I know if I've ever been in a bar and someone says the drink's on me, they're my best friend till the money runs out. Um, I... Also, I think um, upright, he, it's that kind of careful consideration of who he's choosing to um, give the money to, whereas I think reversed, it would you could say it was poor choices. So poor investments, you know. Oh, I like the poor investments. He hasn't, wow. really, he hasn't really thought what the best option is. He's just going to kind of give it and... What's it, Act in Haste, Repent in Leisure? That new investment advisor you've got, that's Bernie Madoff. And all of that money you think he's investing, he's... Yeah, that's a really good example there. Most of you will never get a chance to read for corporate clients. Not because it's impossible, but just because you'll never seek it out. If you do, please take my course first. I want to make sure that you're actually trained properly. But whether you do or not, if you get a chance to read for corporate clients, you're going to love it is such a different world. You're not answering questions, does my boyfriend love me? Or how do I have sex with this girl at work? You got to work some magic for me. Or somebody has somebody casting spells on me. Or where did I, you know, lose my keys? And all of these are fun questions and interesting stuff. But, you know, it gets kind of boring when you hear the same questions over and over and over, especially if you're working with psychic clients because the people that call in generally don't have the most interesting questions. You'll find this out over time. But when you work for corporate clients, what you've got is someone who I want to put this over there and get this result. And it's really challenging because it sets you on your toes. But you're dealing with multi-million dollar deals, sometimes billion dollar deals. Matter of fact, I've got clients who are working on billion dollar deals and less said the better. But it's really nice. It's so refreshing when you're using your cards in an intelligent and articulate way to really see beyond the obvious and and root out or ferret out information that can't be uh, ascertained in other methods. And you give this information, it, like everything else, with a grain of salt. You say, okay, here's what we know is factual, and here's what the cards are saying, so we're going to lay that over top of it in a very translucent way, which is kind of like transparent, but with color. So we're able to see, but we're not taking it as gospel, and then as events play out, this translucent layer starts to solidify and shape and you can rely on it more and more because you have prepared yourself for the eventuality that things are going to go in this direction and when they do you're first on the spot and you beat the other people to the punch and when we're talking about multi-million and multi-billion dollar deals all of a sudden this means a nice fat bonus for everybody involved and 
it's just something as simple as seeing this card, which could be pizza, which could be a lottery ticket, which could be charity. It's not like it can't be charity. It's just that people always go to, oh, it's charity. I've been inside all day. It's Halloween 2014. I've not been solicited to make a donation today. And on this particular day, I don't think I've made a donation. The closest thing I can say that I've done for charity work today is maybe giving away lessons, which I don't consider a charity. So if this card came up and all I had was charity, I would be stumped. On the other hand, this card could be me spending money. This card could be me playing favorites, uh, or as you said, poor investments, pizza. Oh. Uh, or if we want to look in the background, see, I'm there's that little skyscraper. I'm, I'm sneaking away from the office to feed the pigeons. Just popped in my head. But again, this is what you want the tarot to do. You want the tarot to train you, and this is what we're training you to do. We're training you a lot more if you take the course. But even if you don't, free, 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 take it free. Have it, you know. All you have to do is listen to my advertisements. You want the tarot to train you to where the tiniest detail comes flying out of your mouth and your client's jaw drops and they're like, wow, how did you know that? And you don't, trust me, don't go, oh, I blah, blah, blah. Take a nice, humble approach. Just say, this is what I've studied for. This is what I do. By the way, you can tip me. It is allowed. I'm allowed to take tips. It's not like Starbucks at the uh, grocery stores. reason why I say humility is because pride and ego have a way of blocking off that information flow. Well, we want the information flow so that we can have people think we're better and better and better. So we just kind of, we're like water or wind. We just are very fluid and we offer no resistance or as little as possible so that we can get more of that good information. Because I would rather go through life with a certain amount of humility and really do great things and have people say I'm doing pretty good because I'm channeling in all this information that's much smarter than the stuff inside my brain. I'd rather do that than walk around with a big ego and chop it off. And that is a huge secret of tarot. Now the tarot will allow us to do all that. All you have to do is practice. Now. This all goes back to reversals because with reversals, I don't want you to get into an intellectual process where we say, well, we have to reverse it and we have to go to counter or diametrical opposite. Just allow it to flow because the more you try to get rigid and analytical, the worse it's going to be. I've seen it before. I've had students who are so analytical, they just can't let go and they shoot themselves in the foot and everything. Everybody helps them. Everybody's like, just relax. I'm like, no, 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 I can't relax. I, I can't trust myself. That's no way to read the tarot. And looking for formulas or scientific answers, that's not going to work. You have to relax. You have to experience it. And then when you're not reading the cards, when the reading is over, then you can be all kinds of scientifical, analytical, and, and whatnot. That's when you can apply logic. But don't do it while your job is to be intuitive and open. All right, Beck, we didn't even get into uh, directions. Um, how far are we into this? Oh, we've, we've got an hour. What do you think on all this, Becky? Um, I, I mean, the, the running theme with all of this is, and I, I'm someone who struggled with rehearsals. Uh, rehearsals, sorry. I'm in panto mode. Reversal. But with, uh, with reversals, I mean, I struggled, and that was when, um, back in the days, when I was 
breaking very bad habits of this card has to mean because this is what I've read and this is what I've learned. And also, um, I think the main thing is they're not something to be afraid of because if anything, it's just it makes it ever so slightly easier because rather than reading um, 78 cards, um, and you'll have to do the maths for me because it's really late now, you've, you've got 156. Thank you. 156 cards you can read. So I think if you can break that mental block in your head that they're this massive hurdle, because I've been there, I did that. I hated reversals. I'd almost kind of, you know, throw a spread praying that you wouldn't have any reversals in it because then I'd struggle. But that was kind of a self-imposed restriction. So I think if there's anything that comes out of even just listening to this podcast, it's the fact that... Um, it's opening a card up even more for you and it's not it, it makes the the language that you're speaking easier rather than harder harum absolutely i i have to agree wholeheartedly well we will get into directions uh tarot cards in the directions next time i hope you guys have enjoyed this if you have any questions email me or put up a comment on the podcast uh, we do. Oh, by the way, Becky, today I'm so excited to announce that on Halloween 2014, Apple has graced us with the Apple version of the podcast app. Now, there's an Android app that's been around for a while and an Apple app. And why do we want the app? Well, because the app allows me to put up videos and instead of wallpaper, we're going to put up actual card images. And we're going to put up homework. So with this app, you will have unique access to information you won't be able to get anywhere else. I will put things on the app just to make sure that they're not somewhere else just for fun. And so we have it via Apple. You can go to iTunes. It's absolutely free, by the way. I, uh, this information is too important for me to try to sell you a, uh, an app. So you uh, go to your iPhone or iPad or iWhatever they have by the time you hear this. And go to the iTunes store and type in Easy Tarot Lessons exclamation point app. You do that, it comes right up. If you uh, are on Android or any other uh, platform, go to uh, Amazon.com, type in Easy Tarot Lessons podcast app, or you can try Google Play, or probably some other uh, formats that are coming up. And we are on Stitcher, Podbay, uh, but we have the special secret lessons and bonuses for you. Also, the Easy Tarot Lessons website is being revamped and, God, it's taking forever, but hopefully by Christmas we will have a brand new site for you with all kinds of goodies being entire Tarot Disneyland. Sign up for our free lessons at easytarotlessons.com. Enough yappity yap. Uh, we're working our way through the Easy Tarot Lessons podcast. Today we talk about reversals and a couple other crazy things. And the key takeaway here is don't make a big deal out of it. And I know that sounds easy to understand and probably difficult to implement, but try it anyway. I think you'll like it. All right, Becky, thank you so much for your time. No worries. We will talk again soon and have a super happy, wonderful Halloween. And everybody, Samhain is coming up in seven days. Get your costumes ready. <laughs>